In your Bibles this morning, Matthew chapter number 13. Matthew 13, we're look at, uh, it's three parables, but they're all have the same emphasis. They're dealing with fakeness. And you may title today's message, Wheat, Tares, Mustard, and Leaven. If you'd like to do that, that'd be fine. Or you could title today's message, Don't Fall for the Fake Stuff. And uh, either way, it'll be just fine. And we're going to look at the same subject. So things I hope will help you this morning as we deal with fakeness. I want you to know that the devil is the great imitator. He's the great imitator. He is always looking to imitate something righteous and holy and good and give us a substitute that is far inferior to what God has designed. And we're going to pay attention and we're going to be looking and looking for these fakes. And the Lord's going to help us know how to deal with the fakeness. How many of you have ever been around somebody that was just fake and you loved it? Isn't it one? I'm just kidding. Fakeness. I think we're going to help you deal with fake Christians too. And I pray that you're not one. And it's possible that you could become one. I could become one too, but paying close attention. Don't fall for the fake stuff. Let's look together in verse 24. The Bible says, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. And went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay. Lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. Verse 31. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Let's pray. Well, we pray you'd bless your word. Help me to preach your word. Help us have clarity. Teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So what in the world do wheat, tares, mustard, and leaven have to do with one another? We come to this passage of Scripture and there's a connection. And the connection is the Lord is dealing with the fact that there's going to be error. There's going to be false fakeness. In the kingdom of heaven. Now, you hear me say that, and you may be thinking, how in the world is there going to be error in heaven? I want to help you understand this phrase, the kingdom of heaven. Three times we're going to see the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Now, when we think about the kingdom of heaven, we're not talking about uh, 
in my understanding, we're not talking about heaven like we're going to heaven when we die because we've put our trust in Jesus. We're talking about heavens, the heavens and the earth. If we uh, were to soar into the heavens, we'd understand that on an airplane. The heavens, earth, life. And the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven. And there's not sin here in this kingdom of heaven. And there, there's sin in the kingdom of heaven. There's trouble in the kingdom of heaven. There's trouble in the lives that we're living. And so we got the kingdom of heaven. And the Bible's going to give us this parable, the kingdom of heaven. And while we're living in the kingdom of heaven, there's trouble. There's trouble. And we're going to be talking and looking at some things. And Satan is the great imitator. And he is working. And he is imitating. And he is using bad seed to cause trouble and hurt the church. Don't fall for the fake stuff. Don't fall for the fake stuff. The Lord has something that's right and true and whole, and he wants us, his people, to be grounded in what is right and true. And may we learn some things from these parables. The first thing we want to talk about this morning, number one, is this, fake Christians. Fake Christians. So the Bible says in verse 24, Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. All right, the first thing we see is a man who sows good seed in his field. Later on in this chapter, the Lord gives us some definitions as to who the characters are in this passage of Scripture. The man is Jesus. The man is Jesus. The field is the world. The good seed is the saved, the children of the kingdom. The tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are angels. And so we see here that we have this parable. And the Bible says that another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. So the Lord Jesus sowed good seed in his field. The Bible says in verse 25, While men slept, his enemy, the devil, came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. And so the picture is this, that the Lord sowed good seed, but among the good seed, bad seed was, was sown. And springing up comes uh, the wheat and the tares. Folks tell me that this tare plant they're talking about in this passage of Scripture is, a, is something that looks just like wheat. The, the seed of a tare, often called a darnel, the, the seed of a tare, if you're holding it in your hand, the seed of a tare and the seed of a wheat would look the same. Uh, when the tare and the wheat begin to spring up, that, original, that initial bud stage and the, the early springing up of a wheat and a tare, you can't tell the difference. Even when they get big, until they bear fruit, you can't tell which is which. And so the Bible says the devil came and among God's people, among God's good seed, among the saved, there were folks that were raised up. And I can always picture this in my mind's eye. It's, it's the context that we have. That in churches, there, there are people who are saved and born again, love Jesus, have the right spirit, and that they want to do the right thing. But there are also folks who, for the wrong reason, are part of a church, have never put their trust in Christ by faith as Savior. And false Christians, fake Christians, spring up. There are cults all over our world. And folks who claim, if you ask, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. But they deny the deity of Christ. They deny the word of God. They uh, do not put their trust in the same Jesus that we put our trust in. And they call themselves Christians, but they're false, fake Christians. There are people in churches like ours who say amen and dress the part, but live like the devil. And often we'd call them fake Christians. And sometimes fake Christians get under my skin. How about you? 
And I'm reminded I have the tendency in my own self to be a hypocrite. And I don't want to be. May the Lord help us. So the Bible says that they were growing up in the Lord's field, the kingdom of heaven. They were wheat and they were tares. The Bible continues in verse number 27. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? The first thing that the saved people, the good seed, the wheat, the good people, the not fake Christians did, they were concerned because around them they were seeing that tares were growing up, that they were fake Christians all around. And the first thing they thought is, oh no, maybe God has done something wrong. You see this? Well, they're actually said, now Lord, did you not sow good seed? Did you sow the bad seed? You know what you're tempted to do? If you look at men in your Christian life, and you base your faith on the faithfulness of men, I want you to know something over and over and over again, you are going to find yourself discouraged and disappointed. How many times have pastors fallen and so-called Christian people who are followers of that pastor, they, their faith is shipwrecked because that person failed. If that person failed, then surely God is not good. How foolish could we be? My burden as your pastor is to step out of the way and point you towards Jesus. Because I'll just tell you, I'm human. And I can't be a Savior. And I can't be a Lord. And I can't be your God. And I don't want to be it. My job is to point you to Jesus. And I'll just tell you, if you worship me or you worship any other Christian, if you worship mommy and how good she was and how godly she was, let me tell you something, you worship people, the next thing you know, you're going to be looking down your nose and disproving of God because you've worshipped some person. Now, the Lord says, no, whoa, hold on. The the the. The, the real Christians, the real wheat in the store, they said, said, Lord, did you sow bad seed? Did you do something wrong? Look, if because somebody messes up as a Christian, you begin to doubt God, you have made some person your God instead of God being your God, and God is always right. Don't forget it. Don't let a fake Christian shipwreck your faith. Just come to grips with the fact that there's going to be tears among the wheat. And when you identify a tear, get your eyes off the tear and back on Jesus. And you'll be glad you did. Don't fall for the fake stuff. This group of people in our parable, when they realized that tares had grown up among them, they say to the Lord, do you want us... What do we do? Did you sow bad seed? Verse number 27. Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath this, it tears? They question God. Verse 28. The next thing the Bible says. He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? So we see that Jesus says, Look, the enemy has done this. Do you know why? What the devil loves? The devil loves... To put his agents in and around and among God's people. He says, the enemy's done this. The enemy's done this. The enemy's done this. Someone said it to me like this one time and it really helped me understand. Where do you think the devil is on Sunday morning? 
Where does the devil show up? Where does the devil show up on Sunday morning? Some folks have the idea that surely the devil's uh, in the bars and running around like a wild man on Friday night and Saturday night, and he's hung over and sleeping in on Sunday morning. Oh, no, you got it all wrong. The devil don't have to hang out at the bar on Friday night or Saturday night. He's already got folks in that kind of situation. They're living sinful, wicked lifestyles. Where's the devil? The devil, he goes to bed early on Saturday night so he can get up and go to church on Sunday morning and stir up God's people. The devil likes to help you get your family ready for church on Sunday morning. Everybody's fighting. The devil likes to make it rough on early Sunday morning when you're trying to get and do the right thing. The devil, he gets up early and makes a mess for you. <laughs> He's an enemy. He's an enemy. And Jesus says, look, I want you to know something. There's an enemy. And fake Christians and false professions and cults are things that are used in the hands of the devil to disrupt the work of Jesus. But we can have victory over that. He says, the enemy did it. They said, well, Lord, do you want us, in verse 28, he says, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? Do you want us to get them, gather them up? And so this group of zealous Christians, now I appreciate their zeal. They said, well, you're not wrong, okay, I, that's good. We're not, you didn't sow bad seed. We've got an enemy. They said, all right, Lord, do you want us to go and pluck up all the tares? This group of Christians, they said, I, I've got a heart for doing things right, and I have a heart for getting rid of the wrong. And they said, we're going to go out and we're going to pull up all the tares. I know what we'll do. We'll start a crusade. And, Anybody that ain't right, ain't wheat, hadn't produced fruit in a while, we're going to pull them up. And their ambition is noble, but Jesus says, oh, 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 we don't do it like that. We don't work like that. He says in verse 29, he says, nay. He said, don't go pull them up, don't gather them up. He says, nay, last while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Now, here's what Jesus said. He said, no, look, that's not the way to deal with this. The way to deal with this is not to go pulling up tares. He says, when you start pulling up tares, what happens is you end up rooting up wheat also. Now, this reminds me. Now, I'll just tell you, we are in our church, we're, and in all churches, in the pulpit of our church, we are to address error and wickedness and wrong. But I'll just tell you something. It is not my God-given duty to call out every person and every group of people and every Christian sect that I disagree with from the pulpit of this church. That's not my job. My job is not to pick a fight with churches across town that I don't think are doing things the way that they ought to. That's not my job. You know what God's called the pastor, the preacher of a church like ours to do? God has called me to preach the word. What's that mean? That means I take the Bible and I go word for word and I preach the word of God and I emphasize the truth of God's word. You know how that you have the ability to identify error and fakes? You learn how to identify fakes when you learn and know the real thing. There's a couple of illustrations of this. When folks are trained to identify uh, fake currency, fake cash. When they're taught to identify fake cash, they don't spend all their time studying all the many different fakes. 
The way that you learn to identify fake currency is you spend lots of time studying and understanding and feeling and touching and handling the real thing. And when you're so familiar with the real thing, when you're handed a fake, you may not even be able to pick it out at the moment exactly why it's fake, but you know that it's fake because you're so familiar with the real thing. There's a story I love to tell, and I've probably told it before, but there was a, a boy who, a teenage boy, who did an apprenticeship under a jeweler back many, many years ago. And he was excited about the apprenticeship, and you know how young guys are, and the way I would have been, if I was going to be an apprentice to a jeweler, I'd have been excited about using the tools and wearing the, uh, wearing the clothes and having the little loops so I could see things really small. And I'd have been excited about the work and doing the work and this young boy showed up to begin his apprenticeship and excited and the crass, kind of crusty old jeweler. When he came in, said, sit over in the corner and threw him a chunk of uncut raw ruby. Yes, sir, what do you want me to do? Just sit there. Came lunchtime. Sir, I'm still here. What do you want me to do? Just sit there. And the next day, he did the same thing. Threw him a chunk of raw, uncut ruby, the real deal. Three or four or five days go by, and the boy's getting impatient, wondering, man, I've made a terrible mistake. Four or five days in, the jeweler hands him a chunk of what looks to be uncut, raw ruby, but it's fake. The boy comes in, what do you want to do? He assumed the position. The jeweler threw in the chunk of fake ruby. The boy grabbed it, looked at it, and said, Hey, this ain't real. And at that point, the jeweler said, All right, now you're ready to start working on some other things. You see, the key to being able to identify a fake is spending a lot of time with the real thing. And so the Lord is teaching his disciples that there are going to be fake Christians. They're going to raise up among you. But you're going to have to learn to look and know the real thing so much that when the fakes arise, you can do the right thing. He says, our job is not to call out all the fakes. Our job is not to root up all the fakes. How many times have baby Christians, baby real wheat, Baby Christians been harmed because we've made such an emphasis and picked on somebody that they didn't understand why we would pick on them even if they were wrong. Instead of preaching the word, preach the word, preach the word, preach the word. When you preach the word, you'll not believe it. It's amazing. You preach the word and the first time a fake shows up, the folks who are sitting under the preaching of the word and studying God's word, the first time a fake comes up, their radar goes off. Warning, warning, warning. They may not even know why, but warning, warning. And God will show them there's not something right about that. And God's not called us to pick a fight with everybody. God's called us to study the word, preach the word, live the word. And the way we deal with fake Christians is we don't let them destroy us. We don't seek to destroy them. We just stay with the right stuff and God will deal with them. I want to remind you of something about fake Christians. There's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. 
You know, some people get in the ideas, and a lot of times it happens in a preacher. They get so aggravated that people that are wrong or people that are against them, they get so aggravated that they spend all their time preaching about that person, preaching against that person, whatever it is. They spend all their time trying to get even and, and, and beat down somebody that disagrees with them. They spend all their time trying to do that. And I'll just tell you something. The punishment you can offer to somebody is not very significant. But the punishment that God promises in a harvest day is very significant. In this parable of the wheat and the tares, the Lord said, no, 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 we're not going to go around pulling up tares because when we pull up the tares, we're going to hurt the wheat in the process. He says, what we're going to do is we're going to let them grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather you to gather first the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Two little words that begin with B, burn and barn. When the harvest comes, the tares are burnt. When the harvest comes, the wheat goes to the barn. Folks, I want you to know something. God deals with fake Christians. Don't you let some fake Christian cause you to doubt God. Don't let, you, don't let some fake Christian cause you to become a fighter and to be unkind and ungracious. Don't let a fake Christian cause you to go on the war path. Don't you let that happen to you. You be reminded that God is sending a harvest. You see, don't fall for the fake stuff. Fake Christians, how do I deal with them? Let them alone. Live for Jesus. Let God prove himself right and faithful. Let God deal with it. Fake Christians. Number two. The second thing that he deals with in this passage of Scripture is fake growth. Fake growth. So the next thing is some folks think that the key or the testimony or the proof that something is good is if it's big. I remember uh, as a student at Crown College and working at Temple Baptist Church, Pastor Sexton was faithful to say, don't judge a church by its size, judge a church by its sort. What kind is it? And we need to pay attention. Just because something has multitudes of followers does not make it right. And so Jesus tells this next parable, and I think it's so exciting. I love this parable of this little mustard seed. The Bible says in verse 31, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. Now that's a fascinating little story. There's some true things about this story, and there's some false things about this story. I'm not saying telling you that Jesus is false, but he tells a story that's kind of interesting. The story looks like this. A mustard seed, it's very little. We talk about the faith of a mustard seed. A mustard seed is very little. A mustard seed, when it's planted in the ground, it brings forth an herb. It brings forth a plant that grows up out of the air. It's out of the ground. It's a big plant. But the nature of a mustard seed, a mustard plant, is the mustard seed is sowed. It grows up, and it grows up to a certain height. And then when the frost comes, it, it dies, dies away, and it reproduces that way. It never, a mustard seed becomes a herb, but it never becomes a tree. The story goes here. Jesus says there was a mustard seed. You put it in the ground. It becomes an herb. Then it becomes a tree. And it becomes so big 
that birds lodge in its limbs. Now, I want you with a story and an illustration that I think we can understand better, see what the folks that Jesus was speaking to saw. I'm going to tell the parable of a mustard seed, but I'm going to change it to a tomato seed. How many of you have ever grown tomato plants? Would you raise your hand? You've grown tomato plants? All right. So let's talk about this. There's part of this story that's going to be very believable, and another part of it's not. It's exactly the same way Jesus told the story of the mustard seed to the hearers on this day. There was a man that took a tomato seed. Tomato seeds are really small. If you remember how they're just tiny. There's a man that took a tomato seed and he put it in the ground and he planted it, he watered it. And the tomato seed grew up out of the ground. It grew into a big tomato vine. It's amazing how big tomato vines can get. They can get great big and have tomatoes all over them. It sounds good. I like that. There was a man that took seed and planted it and grew a tomato vine. He grew the tomato vine, and the tomato vine got huge and big and glorious. And the next thing you know, he came out one morning, and the tomato vine had become an apple tree. And his tomato vine had become an apple tree, and it started growing apples and tomatoes and bananas and carrots. And it was so big that birds started making nests in it. It was amazing. Now you look at me like I'm crazy. Now, these folks at Jesus, when he told this parable of the mustard seed, they thought, you're crazy. There's never been a mustard seed that was buried in the ground that grew up to be a mustard herb and then became a giant tree that birds could nest in. And so Jesus is giving a parable, and the parable and the emphasis of the parable is you need to be careful about fake, false growth. He says, folks want to take what I've designed and what I've made and they want to turn it into something that it is not. I'm confident that there are great movements that operate under the name of Christian that started out as a mustard seed that God designed with a great purpose, but they have morphed and changed into something that is false and phony and full of wickedness and wrong. The mustard seed became something that it naturally was not. And the message that the Lord Jesus wants us to know is that, look, don't become something that is not what I designed you to be. God's called our church to do a specific work. And our goal is not to see how big we can get. Our goal is not to see what kind of buildings we can build, though it happens and time comes when we need to do things and we need to move forward and do God's work and do God's will. And it's important and great that we do. But our goal is not to see how big you can get. Our goal is to keep doing the natural work that God has called a church to do. And the Lord says, I want to warn you about fakeness. I want to warn you about fake growth. Be careful. We need to be careful. It's not how big you get that matters. It's the fact that you do what God designed you to do. It's not a count that matters. It's the truth that matters. Fake growth. Watch out for the fakes. Fake Christians, fake growth. And finally, number three, fake doctrine. Fake doctrine. Look at the Bible says verse 33. In verse 33, the Bible says, Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. 
till the hole was leavened. I got to tell you about something that I think is false, and there's a false application of these last two parables. There's groups of people who believe that the parable of the mustard seed is proof that the Lord is going to take something very small and he's going to turn into something that it's not and that all people are going to get saved as a result of God's morphing power. There's other folks who also believe that when we read this parable of the little bit of leaven that's hid in the great measures of meal, that the little leaven is not going to contaminate the meal, but the leaven makes it something that is whole and everybody in the end gets saved. Well, that's not true. That's not true. It doesn't match with the other parts of the parables. And when we look at leaven, almost without fail, leaven in the Bible is negative, bad, and a picture of sinfulness and wickedness. And so the leaven here is, the warning is, you need to be careful that false doctrine that comes in and among your ranks, false things, error, error, a little error will cause the whole to be corrupted. Another parable he spake unto them, the kingdom of heaven is likened to leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. We need to be careful about fake doctrine. Be careful about fake doctrine. You know, it's so important that we stay the course and we study and preach and teach God's word. It's so important that we're faithful to emphasize the truth. So important. You know what else we need to be aware of? We need to be aware of the reality that we can be wrong. I've got to remind myself faithfully and consistently, Cody, you could be wrong. And occasionally I find places that I am and I try to make it right. We want to be willing to be wrong if necessary. I was taught a long time ago, never be afraid of the truth. Never be afraid of the truth. You see, if we get to the place where we think we're so right, we could never be wrong, then we have shut ourselves off to the possibility of learning. And God wants to teach us the truth. Beware of false doctrine. That little bit of leaven, that little bit of corruption, in time corrupted the whole. God calls us, his people, to stick with the stuff, to preach the word, teach the word. To believe the word. To turn to Christ. Turn to faith in Jesus. It's not our pet things. It's not our preferences. It's not our specific burden. But it's the whole counsel of God. The word of God is what we need. Fake. Fake doctrine. Don't fall for the fake stuff. Fake Christians. Fake growth. Fake doctrine. Determined to be Christian. That's determined to know the truth. In the book of Acts, if you'd turn there with me just a moment, Acts chapter number 17. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 17, a group of people in a place called Berea, Berea, they're known as the Bereans. The Bereans are given and paid a great compliment. The Bereans, if you back up to verse number 10 of Acts chapter number 17, the Bible says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. The picture is this. The apostle Paul, Paul 
and Silas come to Berea. When they come to Berea, they go to the synagogue. When they go to the synagogue, Paul is teaching and preaching to them Jesus, the message of the gospel, which was right and good. And the Bible said of the Bereans, they received the word with all readiness of mind. What kind of guys were they? These are the kind of guys that are like, all right, we're listening. If we're wrong about what we believe, we want to be right. And they listen and they hear. And with readiness of mind, they consider what's being said. With readiness of mind, they receive the word of God. And then after they've heard Paul and Silas preach and teach, the Bible says, and they search the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. What has God called us to do? God's called all of us to be students of his word. God's called all of us to be students of his word. And the Bereans were the people who said, you know what? We're not going to fall into some false doctrine. We're not going to lead our families into false cultism. We're not going to lead our folks away from truth. The Bereans said, we're going to be willing to study and show ourselves approved. We're going to be willing to search the scriptures. We're going to make God's word our authority. We're going to make sure that what we have to say and what we teach and what we preach makes sense and is right to the best of our abilities. And when we're wrong, we're going to admit it. And they searched the scriptures daily to see whether those things were so. God wants us all to be Bereans. Don't fall for the fake stuff. Don't let fake Christians shipwreck your faith. Don't fall for the fake stuff. Don't think somehow that just because something has great crowds and great numbers, it's good and right. Don't fall for the fake stuff. You be determined to be the kind of Christian who knows what's right and leads your family and does the truth and speaks the truth in love. Don't fall for the fake stuff. God has a lesson for us about wheat and tares and mustard and leaven. Don't fall for the fake stuff. Let's pray.